So before we even get this episode started, I want to thank you guys. You guys have been amazing this year. All the listeners, whether it's live while we're doing the raffle or even after the raffles are over, because of your guys' amazing generosity, we were able to raise over $10,000 for the Pump Foundation this year, and we have a few more donations coming in, and it's looking like we're going to be able to break well over $15,000 for the Pump Foundation. For you guys that don't know what Pump is, it's a pediatric cancer collaborative, and what we do is we work with families and children who are battling pediatric cancer, and we help to fulfill the needs that they have outside of their cancer battle. So a lot of cases when children get diagnosed with pediatric cancer, one or both parents end up having to quit their jobs or cut their hours back significantly, which becomes a big financial burden on them. And so simple things like gas, groceries, you know, simple home repairs, simple car repairs can become humongous, you know, financial situations and financial burdens for them. And so what Pump Foundation does is they go, And they help to alleviate those burdens with things like gas cards, food vouchers, with things like, you know, uh, taking cars to the repair shop or even, you know, bringing out maintenance people to help work on people's houses and just, you know, kind of alleviate some of the stress around normal life happening while a child's also battling pediatric cancer. So it was my dad's wish, his dying wish that I helped to support Punt. And there was something that I kept fighting for. It was something that he was huge on supporting when he was still alive. And before he passed, he said, I don't want flowers. I don't want people to be sad. I want people to give to the Pump Foundation. And so I'm just picking up his legacy and I'm taking it on into this whole entire year, into 2024. And it's because of you guys that I was able to do that. And it's because of your guys' just amazing generosity. And so I love you guys. I really do. I mean, I really do mean that it's just amazing to see what this community can do and what you're willing to do and the donations that have come in. It's just absolutely phenomenal. And even for you guys listening just on audio form, we've had donations come in well on into the week after a podcast episode comes out. And it just simply says, hey, I just wanted to support Pump Foundation. And yeah, I mean, I've seen two, three, four, five hundred $500 come in like that. And that's just it warms my heart to see that that sort of giving and just kind of loving attitude is still alive and well in the world. And so I just cannot tell you guys how much I appreciate you. Secondarily, I want to thank X2 Power Batteries. Not only do they support this podcast, but they have supported so many giving opportunities throughout the year by donating batteries and lithium jump starter packs and lithium air compressors to support the raffles that I do to support the Pump Foundation. If it weren't for companies like X2 Power Batteries, The thing is, is I just wouldn't be able to get the gear that I needed to be able to give away and to raffle off to raise money for the Pump Foundation. So X2 always steps up. They're always willing to give. It is just such a awesome thing to be a part of and to see. And I cannot just, uh, you know, express my gratitude to X2 Power Batteries. I'm proud to represent them. I'm proud to call them a sponsor and I'm proud to call them a partner of this channel. And if you guys haven't checked out X2 Power Batteries, you need to. I'll have a link down below. I'll have all my codes, all that stuff down there below so you guys can check it out. Lithium, AGM, they're doing all kinds of stuff with more lithium technology now that goes above and beyond the battery world. And I just, I can't tell you how much I appreciate them. So go check them out. They're a a partner that supports this channel. They support the Pump Foundation. They support what we've got going on here, and they literally power the Alex Redfishing podcast, the YouTube channel, the boat, the truck, the kayak, everything. If it wasn't for those batteries, this thing wouldn't go around like it does. But without further ado, let's get into this podcast. Just want to go ahead and knock that out of the way. Um, Merry Christmas, because I won't talk to you guys before then. Uh, Hopefully talk to you before New Year's. I don't know. If not, Happy New Year's. I appreciate you guys. And uh, yeah, 
let's get after this thing. Ladies and gentlemen, here we are. Welcome back to another Friday Night Live, another podcast. Tonight we are going to have some fun, if I do say so myself. Um, Here's the deal. So there are very few people that I would consider my friends that have not been on this podcast with me, but these two human beings somehow have avoided being on the podcast for this long. Like We're like two years into making podcasts and doing live streams, and these two have avoided it. But I'm here tonight, and I am joined by... No other than Mr. Josh Sharp, Mr. John Dalton, Mr. Creek Fishing Adventures, Mr. Bass and Beer. Gentlemen, how are we tonight? Doing pretty good. I guess we had to finally get on here now. <laughs> lovely. Absolutely lovely. lovely. Good. Good. I'm glad. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you guys are here. We're going to have fun. We're going to do, uh, do, we're going to kind of review the year this year. That's the, that's the plan. We had a, um, a phenomenal year to say the least, right? Uh, I mean, like when we really kind of look back on the time that we spent together, the fish that were caught, the the memories that we made, we had an exceptional year in the world of fishing. And so, uh, Josh, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Mute yourself while I'm talking because I can hear myself talking and it's throwing me all off. Okay. Thank you. Look at there. I'm sorry, Josh. I just had, I had to, that's going to drive me nuts if I don't fix it now. And I know there's going to be somebody that emails in that listens to the podcast and be like, Hey, um, Alex, I'm hearing just a little bit of echo. Like if it's not the most beautiful audio you've ever heard, everybody complains. But anyway, no, we've had a phenomenal year. Like we really have like uh, uh, we three here and, um, and then, and then sometimes, either me and Josh or me and John have gone on some just phenomenal adventures this year. And so I want to talk about that. I kind of want to go through our year. I kind of want to break it down because we caught a lot of fish. We had a lot of good times. We explored some brand new water. We got to do some things that some humans may never get to do or may never get to see. And so I want to talk about that. But before we do that, I just have to, I'm going to go on a little bit of a monologue really quick because I got to show some appreciation, um, to you guys, the listeners, the viewers, I got to show some appreciation because this year not only has been phenomenal for fishing and phenomenal for memory making with these guys, but it's also been a fantastic year to to do good things and help some people out and, and to really dive in hard to some given opportunities. And we as a community here of people were able to raise over $12,000 for the punt foundation this year. And so between what I raised here on the podcast, um, what was given as gifts after my dad's passing instead of flowers, he wanted donations given to the punt foundation and what monster bass gave, um, from the sales of my signature series crankbaits that we did a few years ago, we were able to raise over $12,000 for the punt foundation. That's, that's a lot of money here, guys. And here's the cool part is I still have a $2,700 check from the awesome kids up at Cloudland Elementary who were able to raise uh, that $2,700. And then whatever we're going to raise tonight with the raffle um, uh, to add to it. And so we could break well over, I mean, $15,000 before it's all said and done. And so that's $15,000 that goes to help families and kids who are battling cancer. If, if you guys don't know what Pump Foundation is, it's a pediatric cancer foundation, and they don't give money to research or to hospitals. What they do is they help the children and the families. They help the individuals. Because here's the deal with cancer, and specifically pediatric cancer, is most of the time when a family has a pediatric cancer diagnosis, and for you guys that may not know what pediatric means, that just means kids. 
it's children. That's, you know, the medicine that involves children. Um, when a child is diagnosed with cancer, either one or both parents end up having to either quit or drop down to part-time or even less on their job to be able to take the child to all the treatments, um, be able to drive to different hospitals, different locations to get things done. And so what will happen oftentimes is, you know, if you're in a family and you're used to making seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year, and then you drop down to making thirty thousand dollars a year. Plus, you've got the added expense of all the medical bills and all the travel and the staying in different places. Actually, we have a family friend right now who's having to drive back and forth to Nashville, spending money on hotels and gas and food, doing all those things. It's an exceptional expense, especially when your child's already got cancer and you may have already had to quit your job or take days off or whatever, and it cuts into your situation. And so what the Pump Foundation does is we raise money to be able to support programs that support those families. And so if a family needs gas to get to a doctor's appointment, we are able to give them gas cards to get gas. If they need food while they're staying out of town um, and, you know, they're in a strange area and they don't know what to eat, where to eat, and they've not got the money to pay for it, we're able to pay that for them. And then even on bigger things, like if they have a transmission go out while they're driving or if something breaks down on their car, their air condition goes out on their house and it's a big expense that they can't cover, the Pump Foundation will go, they will buy the parts that they need and they will help them to get their vehicle fixed, their air conditioner fixed, whatever it may be. And so this is those above and beyond things that a lot of people don't think about, just the normal life stuff that makes battling cancer and cancer diagnosis even harder. And so this was my dad's absolute 100% passion that before he passed, it was literally his dying wish. And he, and he told me, he said, I want you to, you know, don't, don't be sad. Don't cry. Don't, you know, you know, be in your own sadness Go out, help these kids, give money to the Pump Foundation, raise as much money as you can. And I took that to heart, obviously. You know, that's my dad's wish. And so here we are, um, nearly nearly over $12,000 raised this year. Um, and if anybody wants any sort of proof or anything of where the money went, who was donating the money, just give me a – shoot me an email, shoot me a DM. I'll literally send over – the uh, the form that they made for me you can even go to punt they have to give you everything and show that you proof like you know and these are organizations that i trust and i just want to be transparent with you guys so you know your money's going where i say it's going and so listen love you guys it's amazing what we've been able to do and let's uh let's do some more stuff tonight and so what i've got going on is every time we do this it's the same exact but if this is your first time here you um, enter a raffle, and so we do giveaways via raffle, and that's how we raise money. And so for every $1 that you donate, it's one entry into the raffle. So if you donate 20 bucks, that's 20 entries. 40 bucks, it's 40 entries. 50, 100, on and on and on. That's how many entries that you get into the raffle, and we're going to be drawing three winners tonight. And um, um, it's going to be some really cool prizes we'll get into here in just a second. But if you want to enter the raffle, please, please do not do it on YouTube because YouTube takes up to 60% of the revenue made here. I found out the hard way to never do it through YouTube again. We ended up raising like, I was almost $3,000. I had to literally write a $1,600 check out of my pocket because they took half of that money away. And so I was happy to do it, but... What I did is I set it up on my website with my good friend, uh, Mr. Jason. He helped me to set it up. My website's alexredfishing.com. I've got it linked down in the description. 
We'll drop it over in the comments as well. But if you go to www.alexredfishing.com, you have the option to give via PayPal or via credit card. Go there, and for every dollar that you donate, it will be one entry into the raffle, and we'll uh, pick three raffle winners at the end of the night. And so what can we win? That's the real question. So I got two. John's got one. I'll let him explain his here in just a second. But my two are some really awesome prizes. So the first one is going to be a brand new X2 Power Lithium Jump Starter Kit. And so what this is, is a jump starter pack. This thing is small, compact, it's portable, and you can actually jump start your car, your boat, all kinds of different stuff. So like if you get in a bad situation on the side of the road, there's nobody around, this thing is going to be able to jump off your vehicle and get you going again. It's also got a USB and USB-C port on it and a flashlight. So if you need to charge something, it can do that. And if you need to just have some light to see what you're doing, it can do that as well. And so that's the first prize that I'm going to give away. So one winner is going to give that. The next winner is going to get a brand new x2 power battery air compressor and so this thing has up to 150 psi of uh uh, capacity so you can do car tires you can do bike tires you can do boat trailer tires you can do basketballs for your kids you can do pool floats whatever it is that you need to do it can do it this thing also has usb and USB-C ports on it so you can charge phones and it's also got a flashlight on it as well so two pieces of really cool technology brand new from x2 power they're coming out with some really cool stuff but these are just kind of like save your butt stuff like if you get in a bad situation you'll be able to fix some things and then john you got one more prize buddy what do you got well well alex well i'm holding right here in my hand now this is a bag of some of my favorite lures and goodies and it's a lot of stuff in there definitely has some yum dingers so we got bubblegum lemon swirl there's actually a gift card to a uh, online um tackle store and a frog, spinnerbaits, little bobby garlands, just a good variety pack of stuff right here. Nice, nice. The Creek Fishing Adventure bag of just wonderfulness. And that is that is John Santa Claus bag of all the things that he likes, ladies and gentlemen, is exactly what that is. And so that is the third prize. So like I said, go down below, alexrefishing.com, PayPal, credit card, whatever it is, and uh, donate. And you will be entered into the raffle. And for every $1 that you spend will be one entry into the raffle. Now, gentlemen, here we are. Gosh, dude, what a year, boys. What a freaking year. So let's just go around the table, and let's talk about our favorite thing that happened. Like, what was our favorite trip? What was our favorite fish catch? Like, with us together, what's our favorite memory from this year? Josh, go ahead, my friend. Man, I've got a couple. Okay. I might talk about two. That's fine. So one of the funnest and craziest adventures was the one that we did when you took us up there in the middle of nowhere. I don't even know. What in the world we were thinking? Death Mountains, what I call it. De- yeah, Death De- Mountain. Yeah, up there on up there on Death Mountain, Alex literally kissed it, and uh, <laughs> yeah, so it was uh, that. That's not my number one. That was that was a real adventure. You know, that's oh, something yeah. that like I don't know. I, I'd do it again though. I would do it again. Oh, that's one, that's yeah. number one with you guys up there climbing over mount or rocks and big giant boulders. And then my other one was with John and um, what's his uh, the Sholey. Um, What's that, his name? You know, the one that, the oh, one Drew. that designed that. Oh, Drew Gregory that designed Drew. that front handle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was my, that was a very fun experience as well. You know, staying up there in the, uh, that, that big house on that plantation and yeah. two day trip up in Virginia somewhere, you know, we'd never been. That was, yeah, that was pretty incredible. So yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. No, the, the Death Mountain. 
Death Mountain was something. That was um, that was, that was probably, that's a good name for it. That was probably the stupidest decision that I've ever made, and I I still will apologize to you guys every single time that this gets brought up because like I really thought in my mind. Middle of nowhere river, could have muskies, could have smallmouth. Man, it can't be that bad. And the worst part was we talked to the park ranger. And the park ranger's like, oh, yeah, yeah. it'll take like four hours. It's super easy. People do it all the time, and we're like, oh, okay, let's send it. And when we come to the first rapid, and it was literally as big as my tundra, I was like, okay, yeah, we've screwed up really, really bad. And what was it? What did did it end up taking? It's like eight and a half hours to get through a float that was supposed to take four yeah, it was, what was yeah. it, maybe, was it even four miles? No. Was it something like that, yeah. maybe four miles? Yeah, it was like four, I don't even think it was four, it was like right under four miles, because we looked at it on Google Earth afterwards, and it was, I mean, it was hell on Earth, like, it was here's rough. The, here's the thing, though, would would that float be worth doing it again? Because, like, here's, like, hear me out, it was absolutely beautiful. <laughs> Ser- no, seriously, listen, though, like, the dude, the, the fish we saw and the fish we caught, like, that place could probably be amazing. Here, the only thing is, is if you catch the water any lower, it's probably awful. If you catch the water any higher, you're, you're probably dead. You're, you're going to die. <laughs> or is there better? Is there other sections that we could do that may be a little more, you know, navigable that we could actually float a little further? Because I think we walked sixty five percent of oh, that. Trip. We walked eighty five percent of that trip. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it was. I was rough. being generous. <laughs> yeah, and I lost my phone, and I flipped my kayak. I mean, I look like Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> you know when Sonic the Hedgehog gets hit and he loses all of his coins? That's exactly what I look like when I flipped that Sholey. I mean, I came out and my crap was floating everywhere, and like I'm like, grab my battery pack, grab this, grab that. Y'all are paddling around. It was pure yeah, me, panic. Yeah, me and John's like got nets in the water, reaching oh, yeah. out, scooping things yeah. up. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. That I was. Forgot you. Let's not talk about, the, about that. Let's not. Yeah, let's not talk about the end either. Happened to. Oh. Carry our kayaks. Yeah. No, that was probably. Uh, I mean, it was seventy-five feet, literally straight up, concrete steps, and we were carrying these sholies up these steps. And boys, I, it, I mean, it's all on video. That's the thing. It's like we have three different perspectives of this trip, and the and the end was. I mean, that was crazy. Like, I didn't think, like, when we looked at it, we're like, oh, that's not that bad. And then when you get down there and you're exhausted and you flipped a kayak and you got cuts and bruises all over you and you're just like, ugh, dude, that was that was rough. All right, John, what was your favorite experience from this year? Uh, man, I don't, I don't know. Um, I did we, did, we did so many things together. And I, I think one of the, one of the best parts is like when we're planning a trip, like we, we planned like several trips in a row. And that one of the best things is like, what are we doing next? It's, mm-hmm. it, it's the anticipation of that next trip you're going to go on. Oh, you're yeah. like, cause you don't know what's, what we're going to do, yeah. especially when we went somewhere like totally new. But uh, as far as that trip, the funniest thing was I like, <laughs> I go through almost flip. I turn around, I go, I bet Alex is about to flip. So I turned my phone on, hit record, bloop, there he goes. Yep, that's exactly I was like, oops, happened. I didn't really want that to happen. But yeah. It almost got me too. Yeah. I almost flipped over. Yeah. Yeah. Now that Alex, you should have just you should have walked it. Yeah, I should have. Yeah, I knew I should have. You, you should have been like I knew I should have. Yeah, I don't know about yeah. that. I mean when when one, one of the fun Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Alex. No, I was just saying, like, I know for me. Like, John, you're as tall as I am, but, like, there's something about my body build that just does not do well with, 
like flippy things, things that can tumble easily. And so I knew, I knew going, I mean, as soon as I hit it, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going over and losing all of my crap. And it just, that's exactly what happened. I went right over and I lost all of my crap. It was just, it is what it is, but it was, it was worth it. It was definitely worth it. I say the funny, the funniest thing, one of the things I'll remember is, is whenever I caught that 19 inch smallmouth and y'all are behind me just yelling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially because Alex and Josh are like saying obscene things. Don't say it. Out. Obscene <laughs> things. Exactly. Yeah. yeah don't I'm, say it. Yeah. Right? It, what As was I the chances? The into the biggest of, fish of the day. Yes. Give me a J. Yeah, give me yeah, an O. Yeah. And then literally, it's like he hopped it up and then there was a, like a 19 inch. Yeah. Yeah. No, we have fun. The people love that though. They they're like, man, I gotta get hyped, guys. Yeah. I don't know. We have fun. I'll tell you that much. Like that's the thing is, you, if you go, if you are stupid enough, because that's what me and Josh have been saying. You got to be stupid to come with us some days because we do some stupid stuff. But if you are stupid enough to come with us, we we have some fun. I mean, we uh, between me and Josh, there's probably enough cuss words hanging over some of these rivers. There's like a cloud over some of these rivers and poor John, we're just trying to clean his ears out. I mean, he, he's just hey. sweetest, kindest human on planet earth. And me and Josh are just, we let it rip. So what y'all don't know is when John goes home, he asks for, for, for forgiveness every time. <laughs> Dear Lord, please forgive me for hanging out with these guys. I'm not going to do it again. Do and it then again. the next day, All right, well, I gotta go. <laughs> he, he's like, we're right back hanging out again. Oh, but I'm telling God. you, he asks for forgiveness about every time he fishes with us. Oh, Lord, I love he, it. He about has to. I love it. So <laughs> mine mine are, so there's two of them, and they both involve spotted bass, of course. So the first one is that river we floated, um, the one that's like, it flows out of Georgia or whatever, and it's the only river that has native spotted bass in it in Tennessee. And so like they're actually supposed to be there, the Alabama spots. That was one of my favorite. It was like 10 miles long. And it was nothing exceptionally exceptional about the float other than it was just beautiful and we had a really good time. You know what I mean? It's like it was just a good day. That, full was, that was just me and you, right? Me and you, Alex, in no, the winter. No. In the winter, too. Well, we did that one in the winter. Yeah, and then we brought well, Josh one. back to it. Is that the one where I caught my PB spotted bass? Yes, that is the one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. This that was just, a fun trip. Yeah. yeah, it was just fun. That I was mean, 10 miles. That was, yeah, it was It was one of those, like, I kind of sat back and I looked at it. It's one of those memories for me that, like, I heard it said one time that I, you want to impress your 10-year-old self and you want to uh, make your, you know, your 70-year-old self proud. And like, I feel like that was one of those trips where I definitely impressed my 10 year old self. You know what I mean? Like it was like my 10 year old self would be geeking to know that this is my job now, you know? So that, that was a fun trip. And then my second one was, well, me, me and you, Josh, I caught a six and a half pound spotted bass and absolutely destroyed my PB. Unfortunately, old John down there, he, he had to go to the Susky and leave us down here. And so I said, you know what, John, if you're going to go to the Susky, I'm just going to go catch a six and a half pound spotted bass. And that's what I went and did. And so that was a phenomenal, that was probably one of my favorite things that happened this year, just cause it was absolutely amazing. So yeah, it's John got those pictures immediately too. Oh, absolutely. I sent it to him. I knew, <laughs> oh, I knew John, John was going to be like, golly. I mean, that's a, that's a big one. <laughs> the one trip I don't go on. Yeah. The one trip, the one trip. <laughs> But no, nah, yeah, dude, it's, I mean, what a year. I can't get over it. I mean, it really was, it really was a year. Now, one thing I do want to talk about is what were the baits that played big for us this year? Because it was kind of some consistencies across the board for all of us of baits that caught fish consistently in every one of the rivers and creeks that we went to. 
And I just want to kind of break them down, talk about like the specifics of what we're throwing, what we're throwing it on. Because I know people want to know that. And we do show it in our videos, but I think it's fascinating to see how consistent some of these creeks are and some of these rivers are. Like we're going all over Tennessee. Like we're going north, far east. We're going down to the south. I mean, we're almost going into Georgia and Alabama and North Carolina, everywhere. But like we would always take like the same four things and we would always get bit. So, John, what was your like? Let's go your top two baits for this year for fishing all these rivers and creeks that we fished in. Uh, Matt just commented in the comments, but yeah, spinnerbait. Um, that's that's something that's always... Uh, I've, I've gotten better at using it because I start, I've gotten better with a baitcaster, and that's something I didn't use a lot before. But the, the more comfortable I am with a baitcaster, the better. And also, <clears throat> kind of using baitcasters better has helped me uh, throw a mag draft a lot more. Yeah. And I I didn't throw a mag draft ever until this year. Uh-huh. I started last winter and I learned that it really pulled out a lot of fish on days where they weren't biting or in a bunch of the rivers we have where there's not a lot of fish in those rivers. So you got to have something that's going to make them make a decision on it. Uh-huh. And um, a spinnerbait and a, and a mag draft when they weren't hitting that good. Um, I, I caught a surprising amount of fish on that in small bodies of water. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. no yeah that was that was it was cool to see that i mean like we would be in these like shin deep creeks and john would whip out a mag draft and like catch a freaking 18 incher out of nowhere i mean it's like these fish would like manifest themselves out of nothing and smoke big baits this year and that was that was awesome so mag draft and spinnerbait that's your two what are you throwing your mag draft on just so everybody knows because you throw it on like you don't got like a specific rod and reel setup. You kind of just use what you got. Like, what are you throwing yours on? I, I've thrown it on everything, and I and I and and the thing is, when we when we do these river skinny river floats, people don't a lot of times people don't realize unless they watch our videos. It's skinny water. You're like tight cover. You can't have rods up. You can only take a limited amount of stuff. So a lot of times, I'm, whatever whatever baitcaster rod, I've thrown it on medium with braid, mm-hmm. without braid, medium heavy. I've thrown it on a lot of different stuff, and um. You know, I don't know if I have one that I love to use because it just depends on what I bring on that trip. But uh-huh. yeah, I mean that, that's that's y'all's department picking out rods. I I, I just and that's a, I'm still figuring it out because this is my first year really fishing with it a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't have, but it's worked on a lot of different stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of with you on that, John. I don't like Alex is he's got that thinking cap, so he's got everything <laughs> dialed in. Where I'm kind of I'm kind of like you, John. I mean, I've got a few rods that I really like to use, like on spinner base and stuff, but I'm not super picky i yeah. don't have everything dialed in as like like i said as good as alex does yeah no i'm just kind of weird like i so there's certain things i'm kind of very <laughs> rudimentary and generalistic about but like when it comes to like a mag draft or like a bladed jig or something like i got exactly what i want and it's just because i've like a bladed jig specifically is just something like i kind of got obsessive with it and i was like i want to figure out what the perfect thing to throw this on is so that i can when i do hook you know, a six and a half pounder or whatever it is. Like I know for a fact it's coming in the boat because I've eliminated every single variable on my end. You know what I mean? That's just kind of the way my brain works, but no, yeah, I do have some pretty specific things for certain baits. And it's kind of funny, like creek fishing and river fishing. I, I tend to find myself throwing some more kind of hyperly specific things and being less journalistic. Like, I don't know. I we'll get into what I throw because it's like there's a couple trips we went on this year. I just went head hunting the whole time. Like I was like, I literally showed up and I would be like, 
I brought a nine inch swim bait and that's all I'm throwing all day long. And I would get four bites all day long, but they would be four good ones. But all right, Josh, what was your top two creek fishing, river fishing baits for this year? Uh, I'm going to say number one is going to have to be a bladed jig just cause of the river. Um, Caught some really, really, really good fish on the river. And it was really that specific river too. I I don't know. That river does have a lot of pressure and I feel those fish see a spinner bait things like that a lot and i, I just i feel like that su- that little subtle change from because i that i'm like john i would never ever hardly ever throw a spinnerbait over there yeah like back, back several years ago we fished those jet boat tournaments i would throw a spinnerbait my cousin would throw a blade of jig mm-hmm. and i mean i destroy i caught four pounders quite often on a spinnerbait but i just i felt like i was going over there i wasn't getting those bites like i typically get and mm-hmm. one day i just had that you know you get that gut feeling but on a bladed jig, put it on, went over there with John, ended up catching three over 20 in a day at 21 and three quarters, my PB lengthwise. And, uh, yeah. And then you guys came over there, both you especially you, Alex, Cracked you had on them. the bladed jig yeah. and I mean, they were hammering it. So yeah. yeah, that that's definitely number one because in that specific river did it. Yeah. Number two, I don't, ugh, I don't really have a number two. And, and if I say it, it's kind of taken away from what I know is going to be one of yours, but, you are both y'all both kind of put two baits in my arsenal this year. Mm-hmm. Buzz bait mm-hmm. from you, Alex, because we went down to that specific little river and that's pretty much all we threw all yeah. day long. And yeah. I wouldn't have threw it if it wasn't for you. I kind of dialed think. that one in. I kind of figured I yeah. kind of got that dialed. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But then I, I did go over and catch a 20 incher on the, on my river yeah. throwing that same thing. So, yeah. but then the mag draft, John, yeah. it's in you too, Alex, you weren't throwing a mag draft, but you were throwing a big swim bait and yeah. seeing you guys, you know, even on trips, I wasn't with you all watching you all post videos and talking to y'all the way a big swim bait like that draws those fish out. Mm-hmm. I caught several fish on a mag draft as well. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to pick just two. I'm kind of leaning towards that buzz bait and a mag draft. And yeah. like I said, though, because they both it's something I didn't really throw a lot before. And this year, because of you guys, I kind of picked those up and caught fish on them. And I watched both of y'all do really well on both of those lures. So, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, it's 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 been a cool year for stuff like that. I think we've uh I think we've shown that that like big baits work in small places. And I think that that's something that we've all kind of just started to figure out. I mean, it's nothing like I don't think we're doing anything revolutionary, but I mean, I think we just kind of went, I wonder if this will work here. Yeah. And it worked. And it's like, okay, well then that's cool. We'll add that to the repertoire of things that we know and let's send it. You know what I mean? But no, yeah, dude, it's um well, I'm glad I'm glad I, me and John could teach you something this year at least. <laughs> didn't we didn't we fish a little bitty creek out there by your house one day and the first cast by the uh-huh. by the dock right there? Didn't you throw a buzz bait uh-huh. and catch like a three or four pounder? Yep. Like, yep, like right there. Yeah, we were like putting our kayaks in the water and it was ten foot from us. Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, that's the thing about and so we'll get into mine. My first one's going to be a buzz bait, dude. It's been crazy to me the past. It's going on two, probably two years now. Yeah, it's been the past two years. I need, I used to hate throwing a buzz bait. I used to not throw it. Like it was just a bait I had zero confidence in. I didn't understand when, where, what to do with it. Like I just didn't like it. You know what I mean? And then I got a few. I went to a creek and I thought I'm going to take. I don't even know what sparked me to do it. Like I was just like I'm going to take this thing and I'm going to see if I can catch fish on it. And it was with John actually. And we went down that one river. I, I literally wiped the floor with poor John. Like he just like, <laughs> I was getting like six bites to his one. And I was like, 
okay, I kind of get like what this thing does now. Well, then I took it to like a small creek and I thought, ah, oh, we'll try this. Just wrecked them on it. And then I started to kind of realize where and when and how and, you know, what to do with a buzz bait. And I ran with it hard, dude. Now I've got a box full of buzz baits. I call it the boner box. You guys have seen it because I mean, you know, whatever gives me three quarters chub when I get a bite on it. But um, yeah, no. Uh, so I got I got the boner box now full of every brand buzz bait known to man, and ended up catching my PB spot on a buzz bait this year. And so it's got to be one on the list. Um, and then the second one is one that I didn't catch a ton of fish on. But I saw the potential of it, and I think this next year is going to be one I spend a lot of time with to really get to know it and understand it, and that was at Berkeley Nessie. Um, Fascinating bait for rivers and creeks because it's so light, it's so easy to skip, it's so easy to throw. Like John said, you can throw it on about dang near anything. Like, I can throw that thing on a 7.6 medium heavy and be comfortable with it. And, I mean... That one river we went down that I was telling you guys about was one of my favorite memories. Just the fish that I saw try to eat that bait, and they would miss it, and it made me mad. But I thought, man, if I can get this thing down, it's just like a buzz bait. It's just like any other bait. It's just like the cold shatter or mag draft. It's just like a spinner bait or a bladed jig. If I can get that thing dialed in and really figure out how to get those fish to eat it effectively, it is going to be knocked down, drag out, biggins with those spots. I mean, those spots... There, it does something to smallmouth the same way. I mean, they it just like pisses them off in a way that I don't understand. And so that's one that's like, it wasn't super effective. Like it, it was one of my favorite baits this year just because it was kind of a learning thing. Like I saw the opportunity there more than I actually saw fish and caught or caught fish on the bait. Um, and it's it's got me excited for next year when we go on more adventures to just see in what situations and where I can get some fish to mess up on that thing. And it's, it's going to be fun. But no, yeah. Bunch of cool stuff. Bunch of what's cool your, uh, Go ahead, buddy. What's your buzz? What's your buzzbait rod setup? I think you changed kind of halfway yeah. through the year or something. Yeah. So last year I was thrown as a Fenwick. It was a seven foot medium heavy. No, it was a seven foot medium fast action. Um, it was I think it was an Eagle, and or no, it was an HMG. And um, yeah. I liked it all right, but I'm bigger, dude. I mean, you know, six four. So I mean, like I, I got a little bit of length, and so like I thought I want a little bit longer rod. Um, and so then I switched up. Now it's uh, Bobby Lane. It's his signature series rod. And again, I don't often promote the signature series Abu rods because a pro should have to sell his own rods. I'm not going to sell it for him. Um, but I do like Mr. Bobby. Bobby's Bobby's my buddy. So Bobby's uh, swim jig rod. It's a 7.4 medium heavy, moderate fast. And so it's a swim jig rod, but I love it for buzz baits. And so I'm throwing it straight 40 pound braid. And I got a Revo rocket on there, which is at 10 gear ratio reel. And uh, that just allows me to get that bait up there and like, that's the thing, me and Josh, I kind of had to like coach him through fishing a buzz bait a little bit, and it was all about a speed thing. And so like the speed of that buzz bait was key to getting those fish to commit to it. Like I literally went down a stretch of bank and was catching fish behind Josh that Josh was missing on the buzz bait, and it was because I had my speed dialed. And with that Revo rocket, and you can do this with any reel. I mean, you can do it with I mean with a six gear ratio, seven gear ratio, eight, nine, ten, whatever you want to do. But for me, with that 10 gear ratio, where it is so fast, I'm able to just throw it in there and to just like creep it because that gear ratio, so if it's picking up so much line and gets it right in that spot where it needs to be that kind of sweet spot with that buzz bait, getting it kind of where it's just gurgling, like gurgling right above the surface of the water. You know, you're not up on top, like really buzzing it hard, but you're not sinking it either. 
and get those fish to bite. And then Josh, I kind of started to coach him through. I mean, I literally coached you through a fish at one no. point. And I was yeah. like, you just got to like, slow it down just a little bit. And I was like, you hear that sound? And you're like, yeah. And I mean, I'd even, you'd even get yeah out of your mouth. And he goes, poo. And he grabs it. And I was like, that's that's it. Like, there's a frequency in which they lock that buzz bait for some reason. And we kind of figured that out this year. Yeah, you all would have to be there to have seen it, too, because it, that was it's legit. Like, he just the way he was retrieving that thing. And I started catching on to it. I started noticing. I was like you know, like I asked the questions, like, what, what are you, what are you doing different? Like, what are you doing? And you, you was like, I'm throwing a 10 gear ratio rod and the way you was retrieving yeah. it. And then we literally had that little conversation and yeah. I found that re- just that right retrieving. I mean, it literally from that point on, I started catching fish yeah. super weird. And you wouldn't even like somebody just going to that river by themselves. If they were throwing a buzz bait, they wouldn't even think about that. Yeah. But it 100% made a difference. Yep. Yep, it's fascinating. It's fat. I don't understand. It's the same thing with a chopper. So simple. Well, it's the same thing with a chopper or a whopper plopper. I tell people this there's a frequency that you, if you can hit that frequency, and, it, and I tell people it's almost like with a chopo, it's almost like it's like a beat. Like it's like very rhythmic. It's like, and like when you hit that frequency, they will come unglued on it in a way that they won't come unglued if you're a little bit faster or a little bit slower. And a lot of people are like, Alex, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. But just trust me from experience of throwing those types of topwaters, there's something to that like rhythmic, nonstop, non-breaking, like just noise that makes those fish go crazy. And I don't know, it's something I kind of figured out. And I, I kind of just, I had... I don't know the knowledge we'll say, you know, I had a little file in the file folder that is my brain that went, Hey Alex, if this works on a chopo this way with this rhythmic sound, it probably works on a buzz bait. And when I started to play with retrieves and I started to, Oh Josh, he just quit. He said, I'm done with everything. He said, I've not caught enough fish. He said, I'm just done. But no, when I had like this rhythmic retrieve, like it just made all the difference in the world. But Hey, while we're waiting for Josh to get back quick reminder, cause we've got some more folks in here that weren't in here before. Um, we're doing a fundraiser for the punt pediatric collaborative. If you guys do not know what that is, it is a cancer organization, a, a cancer foundation that doesn't actually donate to research. They donate in to help families. And so they raise money to be able to give families things like gas cards, food cards, repair, you know, vehicles, repair air conditioners and things like that. Just make life easier while their kids are battling pediatric cancer. And so it is something near and dear to my heart. Again, it was my dad's dying wish to support this organization. And they are a group of people who I love very, very much and have put a lot of trust into. And so if you want to enter the raffle, we're giving away three prizes. An X2 air compressor. It's a small lithium. Hold on, let me grab it. A small lithium ugh, air compressor. I don't know why I set these on the ground like a dummy, but it's a small uh, lithium air compressor that you can use on the run to blow up tires or air mattresses or whatever else you need to blow up. Um, and then we're also giving away an X2 power jump starter pack that can jump start your truck. Just a little lithium pack. These are both really awesome products. Both retail for more than a hundred dollars. And then John has got the uh, John Dalton Creek Fishing Adventure Signature Series bag of lures. Um, it's got one of everything that John loves to go take to creeks to catch everything from bluegill to. 35-pound striped bass and 50-inch muskie, you can do it with what's in that bag. Because I think John has done all of those things. Um, And so, yeah, it's really easy to enter. Go to – I'll have the website linked at the top of the description or just www.alexredfishing.com, PayPal, or credit card. $1 for every $1 that you enter, you get one entry into the raffle. And we had a $500 donation come through already, which is huge, to whoever did that. 
thank you. Um, I do have your information. I'm going to be reaching out to you. I want to just talk to you personally and just thank you for what you did um, and maybe uh, try to hook you up with some extra stuff just because even if you don't somehow win the raffle tonight, because with 500 entries, <laughs> I kind of almost guarantee you're going to enter the uh, or win the raffle. Maybe. Because it is, it is totally randomized, so it's kind of like gambling. I mean, you know, you get 500 entries. Just because you get 500, there's that one dude that could win it. Um, but go ahead and get your entries in, guys. Like I said, for every $1 that you donate, it is one entry into the raffle for these awesome prizes. I also want to thank John for getting a bunch of fish and stuff together for me and uh, and giving it away. Josh, obviously, I, you're, I'm glad you're here, too, and I'll, you're good, too. Like you, Just because you're not giving anything away doesn't mean I don't love you just as equally. Um <laughs> And I think I think you're muted. Yep, he's muted. I did. I muted it because you were talking. But yeah, y'all didn't want none of my stuff. It's not as good as some of the stuff they're giving away. <laughs> we'll just take so some of trophies. Look, but... Well, I just we'll just take some of those trophies you got behind you there because you got way too yeah. many trophies. We're gonna start yeah. taking them from you. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna start. Yeah, we'll give those away. I'll sign them. Yeah, yeah, just sign them. Josh, Josh Sharp, <laughs> buy some beer. He'll send you. The, he'll send you a trophy and a beer. That's what we're gonna get you. But um, so John, I want to know. And we've talked about this a little bit, but I've never asked you this question directly and definitely not on a public platform where you have to explain it. But what was your catalyst for fishing? Like what, what was it in your life that made you love fishing so much? But then what led you down the path of like creeks, small water rivers? I mean, like you're like a a, a unique human to me. Cause like I'm around a lot of fishermen. Around a lot of anglers. I mean, from the highest level of professionals to dudes who are just getting started. And you're like a rare gem in that because, like, you like doing it all. You like crappie, stripers, muskies, bass, skipjacks. I mean, dude, as long as it fights back, you want to go do it. And you do it in a cool way with, like, light line, light tackle, small rods, small reels, that kind of stuff. What was your catalyst and kind of what was your journey to get into fishing? All right, good question. I just I just told this to Bailey. I talked to him the other day, but... um. So the 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 thing Hold that on, really let me stop got me you going. There. Let me stop uh, you there. There's two podcasts on YouTube that are sponsored by X2 Power Batteries. One is worth listening to. The other one is not. The one that is worth listening <laughs> to, you're not. listening to right now. The other one is the Serious Angler podcast and anything that Bailey touches. He can kiss my ass. That's just the way that it is. I love the dude, but if I, when I see him again, I'm kicking him in the jimmy because I love him that much. All right, John, go on, buddy. <laughs> So, um, and, and John's got tuberculosis started, for some reason. Go on. <laughs> I, I cough every winter now, so I probably should get that checked. As soon as it gets cold, I just start coughing all winter. <laughs> he might but, get that um, when I was six, well, um, we moved to Campbellsville, Kentucky, and my dad was a pastor of a church, and we there was like a house that uh, the church owned, so we moved into this house. There was a basketball goal on the blacktop, you know, the church, and then there was a little bitty creek at the bottom of the hill. And when I talk, say little, it was little. Like we we tried to swim in it, but it was like the deepest hole is like two foot. You're like you jump in and you you know you're back out. But I would I would spend hours down there in the summer, studying the looking at stuff, studying stuff, just fascinated with everything that moved. I would I mean from the snakes and the frogs to crawdads. I remember catching darters. Had no idea what they were, but I would sit there and watch them catch them with a cup. I, it was it me. I had I, I like I, had, I got a friend that I'm like we 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 got this like competition going. Who could be more patient to sit there and let a darter get close and then scoop it up? It was and then I remember catching stuff. I'd bring it up to my dad. He'd be working in the church. I'd be like, hey, "What is this?" It's like I don't know what that is. Take it back out. <laughs> it was like some kind of fish, you yeah. know. I'm like, "What kind of fish is this?" I remember catching them, and I remember that they were different. I'd be, I'd, I would fish with like really small hooks, 
And like, you know, every once in a while I catch, you know, it's like panfish and I don't remember catching any bass out there, but I catch a little and I, and I look at one and I'm like, all right, that looks okay. And then I look at another one. I'm like, there's something different. That one's different, mm-hmm. but nobody I knew could ever tell me the difference. Plus it's just pre-internet pre YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, you you, you you have if you ever wondered what something was you have no I, no way of finding out yeah yeah <laughs> unless you unless somebody knew what it was so um i i was always fascinated i lived there for four years I, a couple i remember twice i went out with guys that uh had bass boats and both times i didn't catch a fish <laughs> so that like, ruined me for like i'm like bass fishing uh, that's this is boring so um yeah that was the start and that passion i like i never i I've always kept that in my mind and that's how I fish now. I was like, I'm like, go back to that little kid. Mm-hmm. But through high school, junior high, high school, I was, you know, sports, basketball, fished a little bit, bank fished I, and fishing was either go to a pond or go sit on the bank of the river, throw some worms in, just catch whatever you can catch. Yeah. And when, when I moved back to East Tennessee nine years ago, I sold my trucks. I didn't have a garage. I lost all my basketball friends. And I really, I got really heavy back into fishing. And it, first thing I did, I started fishing little creeks around here. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, and then, <laughs> if you want me to tell me how I started YouTube, I can tell you that. But that that's really why how I got. That's why I like creeks so much and just enjoy all the different things. It's just the fascination. The fascia. Can't say the word fascination. Fascination. Fascinating. It's, it's fascination. Fr- it's a fascination. It's a fascination. Is what it is, there, boys. I tell you what. <laughs> Something's good. No, nah, dude. No, nah, I, I get that because like that was so. That's what started kind of my passion for outdoors in general. Like I, my, so my dad fished. I mean, like he always bass fished from his. I mean, from as early as I can remember, and I've been bass fishing like from a boat and doing that kind of traditional bass fishing thing since I was big up enough to walk. But while all that was going on, I also grew up on a piece of property it had a creek running through it and like dude we were constantly down there and it was the same kind of thing like we would catch a crawdad under one rock that was black and then catch another crawdad under another rock that was green and you were like why are these different and then you would mm-hmm. find like a orange and black salamander and then a yellow and black salamander and then you'd find a corn snake and then a black snake and it was just like this fascinating process of like and that's what i meant earlier it's like you know i would have impressed my 10 year old self because my 10 year old self was crawling around in creeks for fun and now I get to crawl around in creeks for a living, and it's still fun. You know what I mean? And so it's like, I get that, dude. There's something about that mystery of the rivers and the creeks that keeps drawing me back to it. It's like you don't know what's around the next bend. You don't know what the next hole is going to have in it. I mean, and like on a creek, I've seen things that I've never seen on a lake. I mean, I can go, you know, any of these lakes around here and fish for days and days and days and it's the same stuff it's rocks it's trees there's an eagle every now and again there's a hawk you know there's a couple deer but there's something about these creeks and like these truly wild places that we go because i mean some of these places that we're going we are literally stark dead middle of a national forest zero cell phone signal in like old growth forest that hasn't been touched since who who knows when and as you go down these creeks did you see just stuff that you don't see like around civilization. You know, you see otters and muskrats and paddlebills and muskies. And, you know, you see deer that, you know, is probably like never seen a human because when you come paddling down the river, they just stand there and look at you like, what is this thing doing here? You know what I mean? And it's just like, you know, we've seen 
black bears or I've seen black bears. I think we've also probably seen black bears. I mean, it's just this fascinating like process of exploration. And the crazy, another crazy part about the creeks and the rivers is that they're always different. Like the water's a little bit higher. The water's a little bit lower. There's a rock that's moved. There's a tree that wasn't there before. And every little thing that is an addition to the river or a takeaway from the river changes how that river fishes. And they, in the fish, the fish sit in different spots. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, you know, this is a good spot, but where are they at in this spot? You know what I mean? And it's just, ah, I don't know, dude. I love it. It's fun. All right. So Josh, what about you, dude? I mean, I know that we, hold on. I got to stop here. We're $125 away from a thousand bucks. Let's hit a thousand dollars. That was the goal tonight. So let's hit a thousand dollars. That way we can round her up. I think with this donation, with the donation from Cloudland Elementary School, and then with a couple other things that I know that are coming in for this year, it, we're going to be really close to fifteen grand for the year. And that's fifteen thousand dollars of money that goes to help people. It helps families with kids battling pediatric cancer. And I and I'll tell you this much: like my dad, when he had cancer was truly the single most life altering event that has ever happened to me in a, in a bad way. I'm sure there'll be a good thing. Like one day when my wife gives birth to my children or something like that, I'm sure that that will be as life altering as of an event, but in a good way. But that was one of the most life altering events and it changes everything about your life. Your entire life shifts focus away from life and living to battling cancer. And the whole entire family is in the process. And so my dad, I can't tell you how many times when he came home from chemo, would say, I could not imagine if this was you talking about me or if this was my kid or if this was a, a kid. Like, I, I don't understand how kids go through this. And, like, my dad was a tough son of a bitch. Like, he was and a – go ahead. You you also don't realize that, that thought he had yeah, until yeah. you have kids. Yeah, yeah. It, it is so true. Like, you would – you – give that to me all day instead yeah. of seeing one of my children go through it. Yeah. I pray that sometimes like Lord, if you ever, if anything like that happens, just give it to me instead. Yep. Yep. And, and so my dad understood the pain of what cancer does. And, and, and so I don't know, I'm not trying to like jerk your tears or anything like that, but I am just saying that 125 more dollars, it gets us to a thousand. It's literally just a few more bucks for somebody or a few people. I mean, you know, just literally if, if 10 more people donated, 10 bucks, we'd essentially be there, right? Um, and then that 10 bucks gets you a chance to win some cool gear. And so do that. And thank you to X2 and thank you to John for putting this stuff together for us. But Josh, tell me about your journey, buddy. Same same question I asked John, what was it that got you into fishing? What was the journey that took you to no kayak to Hobie PA 14, 360 fishing every tournament known to man and, and doing well and beating people? Well, it has to be like you all going back to a kid, mm-hmm. which I didn't fish. Like I wasn't into fit. I can't say that I was definitely into fishing, but I knew nothing about it. There wasn't anyone really there teaching me how to fish. I wasn't going out on a boat mm-hmm. fishing. Mm-hmm. So we've got that property up, up in the country. Mm-hmm. And we've got a little pond up there, maybe half an acre, three quarters of an acre. Mm-hmm. And, um, my granddad stocked it with catfish and bluegill and, and largemouth bass, probably 35 years ago mm-hmm. and we had a little uh a little aluminum tiny little john boat no motor nothing and uh my thing was catfishing 
I would catch a bluegill. I don't even know. I don't think I ever even remember seeing a bass mm-hmm. growing up up there. That you know, that you know, from that I can remember, you know, seven eight years old up to twelve or thirteen. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to catfish, and I go up there and throw just probably something my granddad had laying around from the eighties or something, some old rod, and I throw it out there with chicken liver, and we catch catfish. Yeah, and uh, as we started getting older, I, you know. We didn't go up to that land for a long time. I had a girlfriend who I the mother of my children, 15 years old. And uh, we just didn't go up to that land for eight or nine years, but I kind of got like into fishing, but I was catfishing. I'd go sit on the bank or I'd go sit on a boat ramp mm-hmm. uh, out at Stock Creek and we'd catfish. And I did that, you know, 20 times, you know, over so many years. And that was kind of my thing, just doing a little catfishing. But uh, I started going up years later, fast forward, started going up to the land, doing these little outdoor videos, camping and mm-hmm, stuff, mm-hmm. just trying to get back up to our property. And I started posting YouTube videos of that. Mm-hmm. And my buddy Matt was like, Hey man, you know, we should start fishing. Cause he went with me a couple of times doing some catfishing stuff. Mm-hmm. And he brought up bass fishing to me. Mm-hmm. And I've guarantee you the first time I ever went out bass fishing, I bought this little $150 eight foot kayak that I sat in. I went down to the river guarantee you i had some little 20 dollar walmart rod with 40 pound test on it throwing a worm because that's all i knew my uncle yeah. showed me how to tie type a worm yeah i remember him doing that a black yeah. zoom worm with a bright pink tail yeah and that's probably how i started bass fishing and started you know just went out just to film a couple little videos yeah. i started watching youtube videos one of the first people we ever ran like I've ever seen around here bass fishing was Eric Romines. Okay. Yeah. My buddy Matt turned yeah. me onto his channel and I ran into, into yours, you know, yep. three or four years ago. And, uh, but what really got me into like kayak fishing was my mom passed away. Mm. And, uh, that was kind of my escape going out on the water. I, you know, it was, I, it was a really weird situation for me. I didn't know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I'd go out on the water and I'd get up, you know, float the river by myself. I'd have my grad granddad come pick me up and I would, sit out there and just think about her and kind of talk to her and stuff, you know, and, and, and just got into it more and more and more. And then I didn't even know nothing about tournaments. And I seen Eric, I, I think I exited the, the live chat not long ago. I was trying to comment it, tried to log me into Gmail, but <laughs> Romine's commented. I was yeah. going to say something to him, but yeah. he told me about the kayak fishing and gave me a board. Yeah. And then from there, I've started fishing these online tournaments. And yep. from there, I just, I haven't stopped. That was probably, I guess now probably four years ago. So I really started bass fishing probably about four, four, four and a half years ago. Yeah. And I, before that, I never really like bass fish. I didn't know nothing about rods and yep. reels. Like I said, I probably had 30, 40 pound test on a two piece Walmart rod out yep. there trying to catch fish with a, a wide gap hook and a zoom worm and a, a just a weight. And that was it. That's awesome. And it's just like everything else. The more I did it, I just researched, started watching YouTube and, yeah, here we are. That's awesome, dude. Four or five years later. That's yeah. awesome. No, I remember. I remember you popping up. Like I remember you popping up on on the on the deal, and me and Eric were hanging out a bunch then. And he was kayak fishing. He kind of helped me get into like understanding kayak tournament fishing and kayak fishing. Because I mean, my journey in kayak fishing kind of sim almost dissimilar or similar to a lot of people in the fact that like I just like got into it going I know nothing about this and I'm going to go figure it out and so Eric kind of helped yeah. me to figure out all the rules and regulations like we fished a lot of tournaments together because I would be like Eric um is this legal can I do this does this picture look good and he kind of he kind of helped me learn some of that stuff but no nah, dude that's that's awesome man I remember you popping up and we finally ran into each other on the water 
like three years ago. The duck pond. They stopped the at the trout. Pond. I was out there trout yes. fishing. Yes. Yep. Having a little video. Yeah. I still didn't know nothing about none of this stuff then. Yep. Yep. That's I funny. was just trying so hard. I was trying so hard. That's all right. You got to be a trial. But I knew I liked it. I was like, I like this and I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, and that's where, dude, it's where we're at now. I mean, look at us now. You know what I mean? We're out here. We're running around like a bunch of idiots, like chickens with our heads cut off all over the country, burning a bunch of dang on gas, fishing. And that's the cool part too. Like for all of us, for all three of us, like it started with in the kayaks things specifically. It started with like, I'm going to try this thing and see if I like it. And now yeah. we're literally driving all over the country and paying thousands of dollars to try to beat other people in kayak tournaments and taking yeah. these kayaks in the middle of nowhere. And just, I mean, like we are doing something that a lot of people like sit back and they go, man, I wish I could do that. And it's like such a blessing to be able to get to do it and then have dudes to do it with. Cause that's the cool thing that we got going here is like, we're really friends. Like we're like, it's like, you know, not just like your fishing buddy. We're like, we're friends. We've spent a lot of time together and made a lot of memories that like some people will never get the chance to. And like, not many people can say that, you know what I mean? And so it's just so cool to, to that we've grown. And now, and now what's even cooler is we're kind of growing a community within the community here. It's like, we've all For got sure. our individual yeah. communities and we've all got our individual YouTube channels. John's bigger than all of us, but you know, and John's got a bunch of weirdos too. God love him. Big um, dog. Big dog. Uh, big show over here. I mean, it's like he's stone cold, you know, the glass breaks and here he comes, you know, two beers and like, yeah, there you go. That's, that's what John. Mountain like, Dews. Yeah. Two Mountain Dews. When John walks in the room, it's like, I tell you, John 316 says, um, but anyway, um, <laughs> um, I mean, that's, that's actually a good Bible verse, John. So if you do, you know, you could make you a shirt that says John 316 and be like, what is that? Yeah. Well, I was trying to do the stone cold 316 thing. And then it just ended up being the Bible verse. So there you go. But no, like, like, it's just cool to see now we're growing like these communities inside our communities. And like J- Josh, you're growing, you know, I'm growing, John, you're still growing. And it's cool just to see this reciprocal effect of three dudes getting together and just hanging out. We're just fishing, hanging out, eating too much Mexican food and being dudes. And it's like started this whole thing that we've got here. And so it's fun. Um, $1,032. So we just broke $1,000, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to uh, keep on entering the raffle, please do that. We hit the goal that I wanted to get tonight. I kind of wanted to match what Cloudland Elementary did. Actually, it's 2700 bucks is what we had had to do to match it. Um, I don't know if we'll get there, um, but we'll see. If anybody wants to, like, you know, be really generous and donate 1700 bucks, let me know. You know, I wouldn't mind that. You know, Punt Foundation definitely wouldn't mind it either. But, uh, I do appreciate you guys very, very much for donating. But yeah, so it's cool. I've had fun. I've had fun hanging out with you guys. Now, the real question is 2023 is done. I mean, we got what? Two more weeks. It's going to be 2024. I'm so ready for it. I can't stand it. This has been the the shittiest year of my life (laughs) outside of hanging out with you guys and going fishing. It's been a rough year. Um, But what is it you guys are most looking for in 2024? And what is the one fish or the one thing or the one place that you want to go and you want to make sure you knock off your bucket list this next year that you like, we got to get it done and we're going to make it happen. John, you go first, man. Uh, I'd say I'm looking for spring. <laughs> I just can't wait till spring gets here. John because does not like winter. <laughs> my, yeah. 
But um, I um, this 2024, I'm I'm looking forward to just in. I try to do it more this year, and I'm I'm in a weird place with my life and my channel. This is I'm over four years full time doing this, so I I'm so fo- looking forward to doing more trips with people. Mm-hmm. I just I enjoy that so much, and it's it's kind of changed from where I start first started. I still love the stuff I first started doing. But I found that kayaking and just going on river floats is it's just become one of my favorite things. And taking guys like Alex and Josh, you know, you, you just you just have fun. You get to see other guys have fun. Mm. And that that's been a huge thing. We you kind we kind of got into it a lot last year. And then I know this year we're probably gonna do even more, but like researching new rivers to go down. Like, all right, let's go to another place. Just go to another place. I just I love picking off new places, fish as many places as I can. Um, I, I, I'm getting to fish in a, um, the Bassmaster Nationals in Oklahoma this, this year. It's in March. Uh, I'm excited about, you know, kind of fishing that. Um, as far as new fish. Where's that, where's uh, that tournament at? It's not on green. Ten Killer? Ten Killer, yeah. Ten Killer Lake? Is yeah. that the name of it? I think uh, that's the name no, of that, it. Dude, when is that? March? It's the end of March. Yeah. Oh, dude. That there place. was some giants caught down there in the last tournament they had down there. Yeah, I was about to say March in Oklahoma is going to be a knockdown drag out. Like, that is going to be some big fish. That'll be fun. I think Daniel Lyons, who fishes with us at Tinkat, he caught like a double digit or something down there during that championship a couple years ago. Oh, dude, Oklahoma's awesome. Uh-huh. I, I loved being out there. But anyway, John, go ahead. What's the one, what's the one fish or one place that you got to get knocked off the bucket list? Um, I'm going to try to make myself do musky trips. Um, I've caught musky and I've caught, I've been able to catch a lot of fish. So I've been able to do a lot of things. I've, I've knocked off a lot of like species. Um, but I want to do more dedicated, like musky floats mm-hmm. and just cause, cause they're like floats that you do. You're not going for a lot of fish. It's, it's, it's all about the adventure and you're hoping to catch, you know, a fish or two. Mm. So I kind of want to, because usually I'm trying to get as many fish as I can. I'm like, ah, I got to make a video. Mm-hmm. Like, now I want to take a step back, just enjoy it. If I don't catch a fish, I don't catch a fish. Mm-hmm. But I want to try to make myself do different trips like that, where if they don't turn out, they don't turn out. I'm not going to pressure myself to, as thinking of like YouTube. I'm just want to do it for fun. Yeah. Hey, Christine. I know that that girl, man. They they she knows do really good on some. She knows where they're. They, I was supposed to go fish. We were supposed to go musky fishing yeah. together, and I opted to go fish the Spotted Bass River instead and caught a six and a half pounder. So it was a good trade off. I need to get with Christine. Hey, she, if she, hey Christine, if you see this, if you want three goofballs to join you one day, you and your boyfriend, and show us a couple musky little spots, that'd be pretty cool. Listen, I've never caught one. Listen, you've caught one. I, you've caught one. And every trip, I, we probably talk about it. Like. I need to catch musky. I've that, that got day, the me, musky you were down spot. there, Alex. I've got I feel the musky bad spot. because Alex caught a giant spot. Like this is the biggest spot of his life. I mean, I'm over here freaking out too, but at the same time, I seen a 50 inch musky swim by, and Alex is like, "I've got, I've got this giant spot. I've got a spot," and I'm over here like. Musky, I'm like a little kid, yeah. you know. Like he disappeared. Like, he disappeared. Yeah, on I was me like, at one point. I was seriously, yeah. I was I like, look, so I literally on turned around at one point. I'm like, Josh. Get your ass over here! This thing's huge. <laughs> He's like, yeah, and I'm, I'm coming. Like, I'm coming. A musket. Like, yeah. I'd never even seen one in person. It was a like, not like like that. Like swimming right yeah. under my kayak. Well, what was cool so. about that particular muskie is that it swam up to my spotted bass in the net and like was yeah. checking it out, trying to figure out if he could eat it or not. But dude, those muskies, I got a muskie spot we can go to. You definitely catch one. 
I don't guarantee a lot, but this is like, I can almost guarantee you'll catch one here. But no, John, you're right. Those big toothy creatures, dude, like, and the thing about Tennessee muskies, certain times a year, they're stupid. And you can go catch two, three, four in a day. Like, it's it's fascinating. Because, like, we don't throw big lures either. I think so many people, like, I, I think there's two types of muskie fishermen. Well, I think there's musky fishermen, and I think there's dudes who like catching muskies. <laughs> musky fishermen are the dudes who like go and they throw these things that are literally that long, and they you know figure eight every single cast, and it's like the process of it, right? It's the process of catching a muskie that they love so much. It's almost like a ritualistic type thing, um, and, and I don't enjoy that. I like throwing a spinnerbait up on the bank and a damn fifty inch muskie eats it just because it's going to take a chance on a spinnerbait just like it would a. Uh, 12 inch you know cow killer double willow leaf you know tit wobbler or whatever the heck they call them things you know so but now yeah well more musky fishing this year so we're going musky fishing with john okay so that's on the to-do list more musky fishing with john all right all right josh what is your what's your 2024 like goals what's something that you're looking forward to that you want to do and what's a fish or a place that we've got to go get it knocked off the bucket list 2024 I'm looking forward to everything in 2024 because this year, I like, okay, personally, like uh, people probably don't even care about this. I put more time into fishing than I did my little business. So here mm-hmm. I am, it's wintertime, and I'm over here like trying to breathe from the surface, struggling because I put way too much time into fishing instead of making money. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but like river wise, I think like picking a river. It's going to be have to be the Susque, what the Susquehanna River? Yeah, the Susque, Just because yeah. it's kind of my thing. I do the river fishing. Mm-hmm. I love fishing the river. Mm-hmm. I think like everybody who does smallmouth fishing, who wants to catch big smallmouth, knows about that river. Mm-hmm. And I've seen you know some of our tournaments down there. That place has big smallmouth, and it, it, and it's something that like we, we do a lot of creek fishing and we do a lot of rivers around here. But the Susquehanna is a completely different animal from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. It's like as wide as a lake, but it's mm-hmm. a river. Mm-hmm. Um, fish wise, it's going to have to be musky. It's going to have to be, I want to, I want to catch, I haven't never caught a musky. I had, I had one get off up when me and John went to Virginia with Drew Gregory. Virginia. I had one come up, eat the spinner bait and I watched it and I set the hook and he was on there for just a second and he come off. And then that one, I saw you, Alex. It actually followed my mag draft all the way up. And it was like, here's the mag draft. And it was like right on the tail. Yeah. Yeah. And I never did catch it. Yep. And, uh, but 2024, the whole year, I'm looking forward to some of the tournaments. You know, I always say I'm going to go out and fish all these tournaments. This year, I kind of feel like backing off of them a little bit. Mm. I mean, I'm still, that drives me. The competition drives me. The anything competition, you know, that's why I fish the tournaments. I mm-hmm. love competition. It keeps me active, excited, doing those things. But I feel like I want to lean more towards those adventures. Mm-hmm. I have more fun with you two guys fishing these little rivers and creeks than I do these tournaments. Like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, that feeling of fishing a tournament's amazing, but those adventures is where it's at. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, if these guys, any of these people that don't do those, get you a little skinny water kayak. I love my Hobie. I love my motor. I love my graph. Go get you a little skinny water kayak, find you a creek, find you a little river, and go fish it And because it's amazing. Especially if you have you know a couple really cool people with you and you just click and have fun, it's better than 
anything. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Some of our adventures for 2024. Gang, sure. gang. We'll go get it gang, done. Gang. gang, gang, son. <laughs> gang, gang. No, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I definitely don't disagree. Um, I don't know. This year, too, like tournament fishing for me, like I've just not been super into it. Like first two tournaments of the year, I didn't do well. I zeroed the first one. I only caught two fish the second one. This past tournament I did well on. It was kind of like I always do well. Like any tournament that I go, well, I don't really want to fish that. And then the last minute I'm like, oh, well, I'll enter it. I usually do well. I don't know what the deal with that is. Like I, if I don't <laughs> practice and I show up and it's the crappiest conditions ever, that's when Alex Rod does good. But no, I don't disagree. Like I, I enjoy the tournament scene. I'm, I'm probably going to fish probably just as many as I always do, but I'm going to make more decisions less around like, like, like last year, like I was going to go to the Susky and it was, I was like, it's a destination fishery for me, but I'm only going there because there's a tournament involved. I'm like, and I, and I decided not to go because I was like, I don't want to go when there's 150 other people on the water with me. Like, and that's what I told you guys. I was like, let's go back during the prime time, like in the spring or, you know, in the fall when there's not very many people there. And we can, like you said, Josh, enjoy the adventure of it and do an adventure. And so I don't disagree about that. But um, no, my my um, bucket list for 24, I got to catch a shoal bass. I mean, I've caught every other dad gym thing out of a shoaly. It's time to go catch a shoal bass out of a shoaly. <laughs> and so I want to go catch a shoal bass. I definitely have to go do that. So that is definitely on the bucket list. And then 24 as a whole, um, I want to catch just more stuff. Like, I'm a bass dude. I go bass fishing a lot. Yeah, I catch a muskie every now and again when I get lucky. I catch a striper every now and again when I get lucky. But I want to get good at crappie fishing, perch fishing, walleye fishing. Like, I want to right now on the list of things to do is get good catching crappies. Because we literally have free swimming food um, all around us, and I don't take advantage of it, and I don't really know why. And, like, now that I've got forward-facing sonar, which a lot of people hate, but whatever, it makes you realize how many gosh-dang crappie that there are literally all over the lakes that we fish. And so my goal for 2024, big goal, is just to learn how to catch more stuff, you know, like be a better all-around well-rounded angler. And, and be able to put some groceries in the boat and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely on the bucket I'm with list. You. Yeah, I'm with you on the I'm I'm with you on that and the crappie. Yeah, we just I think me and John talked about it, and I've got a few other buddies we talked about it. Yeah, I went and caught crappie one time, brought them home, and every time I we cook okay, so we cut them up little little nuggets, yeah. deep fried them. I would literally turn around, six of them would be gone, and my little man and Presley, my daughter, would be over there. Yeah. eating them yeah i bet i got two of them out of 15 16 nuggets they <laughs> ate them all so i've got a little crappie rod behind me that sits there all the time with yeah. like four pound test yeah with a little bobby garland still on it from a year ago yeah. that's dude let's go let's, like i know the venture probably ain't gonna be as crazy but let's go do it let's go do a crappie trip yeah we feel a limit of just crappie yeah yeah old that old steve-o man i told steve i was texting him last night i said when you get back in town you're ta- you're taking me and you're teaching me how to catch crappie. He said, sounds good to me. And so I'm putting him in the boat and we're going to go learn how to catch crappie. And then once I kind of get yeah. a little figured out on it, we're going to send it hard. And River Ninja, Tumbling Creek for Perch, let's send it, bro. I don't... I, okay, shh, never mind. Tell about my secret spots. Okay, no, that's a secret spot. I'm sorry. Okay, let's detract away from the secret spot. 
there's some, to get off here. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a few more people in here that haven't been in here for you guys that don't know. We're doing a raffle for the pump foundation, pediatric cancer foundation. We're giving away some X2 power gear. John's got a bag of lures of all of his favorite things that catches fish in every Creek on in the nation, not in this nation. I mean, I think that man could take that stuff to Japan and, and catch fish. Um, so if you want to enter that raffle, it's really simple. Go to alexredfishing.com or just hit the link in my description. Every dollar that you donate is one entry into the raffles just for all the new people that clicked in here, just so you know before we end this thing. But, yeah, 2024, ladies and gentlemen, it is knocking on our door. It's here. It's going to be here before we know it. Um. I'm looking forward to it the most, and um, I think of anybody here just because it's been a rough year, like I said. But before we end it and we really say we're done and we pick our winners and everything like that, what is a non-fishing goal for 2024? John, go ahead. Um, I am a very lazy and procrastinator with my <laughs> – finances okay okay Here we <laughs> and go. i'm just trying to get so this is just a personal thing i've been i'm you know i'm not like terrible but at the same time i just i've been i've been messing around with too many things i got a merch i started a little merch business i've been messing with the truck spending money on this i'm like all right enough of this let's get everything under control where it allows me to be more free <clears throat> to to go on trips and stuff like that so just get caught up just kind of get i don't know just just do better do better do better. Um, secondly, uh, I, I only know. gave you one, but you can give a second. Have, one. have more fun. Have more fun. <laughs> yeah. He's, he said he wants to be better and has more fun. All right. We can do, we can be yeah. better and have more fun. I, I will hold you to that one, John. Josh, what's your drink more beer? Drink more beer, son. Just, I mean, no, I'm, I'm yeah. kidding. What's your 2024? <laughs> the opposite. Don't drink any more beer. Um, then it'll just ruin the whole bass and beer thing. You know, um, what, Josh, what's your non fishing 2024 goal? It's going to have to be kind of like John, like me financially. I don't make much money at all from fishing. I've not, I, I, I did a little bit if you count some of the tournaments and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've got three kids and a woman in there and like, you know, it's a woman in there. Yeah, it, it's woman. like it don't add up is what I'm what I'm getting at. So <laughs> put a little more time into my, my little lawn care business is definitely what I'm going to have to do. I'm still yeah. going to fish probably just as much. But, like, I've got to put a little more time into my business, make a little more money so I can't go on these little bit bigger trips and I, I get a new truck. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Get a new truck. Yeah. So, yeah, that's definitely mine is just financially. Do, yeah. do a little better. Yeah. I've got a business. I've had it for, you know, six or seven years. It was mm-hmm. doing really good several years ago. And, I've, like I said, I've put half my time into fishing, half my time into that. I need mm-hmm. to just get that going. Because, I, I mean, I have faith. And I love fishing. I've made a, I made a little money this year fishing some tournaments and stuff and YouTube, but it's not enough to like provide for a family. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I've got to put a little more time into the work mm-hmm. and, until YouTube just slowly can, because YouTube don't go backwards. It, it definitely continues to grow, but it's such a slow rate. You know, I'm waiting on that John deal where I, you know, I look at it one day, here I am and, you know, 30, 40, next thing you know, John, bam, John you know. had something special happen. Cause he kind of yeah. hit, John is, yeah. he hit YouTube in the chops when YouTube was like really good. 
And like he had an exponential amount of growth. And then you hit it pretty good this year. Again, you had a couple phenomenal months this year, John. He hit he with hit growth. it with a three piece combo, man. Yeah, I'm telling you, it was <laughs> it was at Francis and Ganu left hook. I mean, just put it right on its butt. Um Yeah. No, I love it. I love both of those. I love that. I mean, because all it does is it shows your commitment to not only yourself, but to your family and to your craft. And I mean, I think that with anything like with, you know, finances, especially, I mean, that's just a big thing that a lot of people don't realize is, you know, a lot of people think, Oh, I save a little bit of money. I put some money in retirement, you know, foods on the table, but finances is a weird thing where like, if you do it right and just take a few key steps that you can really change a lot of things about your life. Um, and it doesn't have to be big steps. It's just making your money work for you as hard as you work for it. And I, and I think yeah. that I think those are fantastic goals for both of you guys. I think it's awesome. Um, mine. That's a good question. I got to think about my own question for a minute. I think, <laughs> I think mine is going to be. I, I want to really lean into trusting myself more. And I know that's really weird to say, but I don't, I don't trust myself. I don't trust that I work hard enough. I don't trust that I do well enough. I don't trust that I am good enough. Um, and I'm constantly trying to improve everything about me, you know I mean? And I think that's a good pursuit any, at any time in your life. Um, but I want to trust that I'm in the process and that the process is working the way that it should be working. Um, because it doesn't matter if it's professional life, if it's personal life, it's whatever. I don't do a really good job of, of ever thinking that I'm good enough. And I think that sometimes when you can set with yourself and understand that, hey, you're good enough for right now. You're, you, you're, you're striving to get better and you will get better, but it's okay to be where you're at right now. I think that that's something I'm going to work on more in 2024 because I, I mean, you guys know you've been around me enough. I always feel like the rug's going to get jerked out from under me at any moment. And it's a little bit of that pessimist kind of cynical attitude that I have. Um, but I think that's what's driven me to the point where I'm at. I think now I don't want to rest. I don't want to stop. It's still gas pedal to the floor, you know, Katie bar to the door, chicken with his head cut off like I always am. I mean, you guys have been around me. You know how I am. But I just want to be able to trust myself and trust the process a little bit more going into 2024. And so <laughs> – that's definitely something I'm going to work on. And I'm going to do that through a lot of different processes. It's going to be through, you know, taking care of my body, eating the right way, you know, doing the cold plunge, doing the breath work, working out more, being more dedicated towards all of those things, which I think all spill over into, you know, kind of the mental side of it, which is being able to set with myself, understand what I'm thinking, process, have wisdom about what I'm thinking. And then I think that carries on and into relationships and everything because then I can be more loving, more understanding, more empathetic, and I can just trust that process and trust that it's developing me into something that's worth being around and a good human. So I think I, I think I think about that every day. Yeah. Yeah. What you're exactly what you just said. A lot of men probably do. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a, that's why I've been really leaning into some of the content I've been making on Instagram. If you guys don't follow me on Instagram, you need to do that. Um, but just doing those like, you know, those mental, the cult from the cold plunge things. And like, that's, it's weird because the cold plunge gives you a lot of clarity. <laughs> I think it's cause you're like anything to get your mind off being cold and your brain focuses in on it. So that's like those videos I make are one takes and like there's things that come out of my mouth when I'm in that cold plunge. I'm like, 
at what part of my brain did that come from? Like words. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what in the world? But it's like, there's something about being in there that does that to you. But it's like, I think I, I'm sharing more of that just because I think men I mean, and women, but men, especially, I mean, we're all guys here. We know the things that go through our mind and like, it's not okay for men to talk about their feelings. It's just not. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about our feelings. And the thing is, is men, it, our natural response for most men is to get angry about things. And like, you know, I, I can say we probably all agree here that at some point or another, you've just been angry and you just don't even really know why. You're just like angry. And you're like, what, what the hell am I even angry at? And the thing that I think that we get angry at is just that being men, we are naturally dispositioned to kind of be the warrior. You know, we're the the protector. We're the, you know, we fight for what is ours. And we find anger in the knowledge of a lot of different stuff. So, I mean, you know, you look at the news and it's Israel, Hamas, politicians screwing us over, insider trading. You look, you know, outside into the world and the world's just as crazy. You know, I mean, it's going to hell in a handbasket quick. You know, you listen to music, you listen to media, and everything's just negative, negative, negative. And it creates this overall, like, angry mood that men get into. And it's because... We're trying to solve all the world's problems within ourselves. And the thing is that anger is okay. And I talked about this this morning. The anger is okay because it's when you take that anger and you have enough wisdom to use that anger as a motivator and a positive to enact change. And the change has to happen on a personal level. And then it can expound into a family level and then a family into a community level and the community into a national level in, in our platform that we have here that we've built, we need to communicate that sort of thinking. We need to talk about our feelings a little bit more because the thing is, is there are more people in our mindset than I think are not in our mindset. And when we can help them to process through that and turn some of those things using that wisdom tool that we have that men gain as we get older through life experience, through things we've experienced. We've all experienced different things. I mean, Josh, you've experienced loss. I've experienced loss. John, you've experienced loss. You've experienced different things that me and Josh haven't, you know, and vice versa. And I think that when we can get together and we can talk about these things and express emotions and, and, you know, really articulate these feelings that so many people have, we can make a difference in the world. And, And that's just another goal for 2024 is that right there. That what I just did and putting it out into the world a little bit more just to help some folks, man. I mean, just help some people because it is a dark place that we live. And if I can be a little candle light, man, a little bitty candle can yeah. light up a really big space. And when it's, it's cool. Yeah. It's cool that fishing, which was why everyone's watching this video. That's what's brought all of us together. Yeah. Yeah. As men, you know, getting yep. out there, getting away from the reality of just like life, we're able to escape and fish chit chat with each other, talk about these things and just enjoy it. Yep. And then all these people come and watch your podcast, watch our videos and they go out and fish themselves just to kind of escape that reality and just, you know, yep. enjoy life. Yeah. That's amazing to me. Yep. Yep. It's cool, I'll, I'll say about, um, well, I'll touch on one thing there real quick. I know about the end, um, uh, about being, uh, confident in ourselves and, uh, and we're all three work for ourselves. So mm-hmm. I'll, uh, I mean, in, in, anybody that's a, that runs their own business or has your own YouTube channel. This is what I live off of. It's so every day you're like, ah, I should quit this. Ah, no, I'll keep going. Nah, I should yeah. quit this. It's, yeah, it is. It's a weird um, battle going back and forth because you don't have a boss. You are your boss, yep. and you're usually the hardest on yourself. Yeah, and, you yeah. know. And YouTube goes up and down. We see we get our audience is our 
boss sometimes. So we see, we get all these different comments and stuff. So, and and Alex, you've said several times like people don't really know who we are. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, we put videos out and we talk with it. They don't really know who we are or how we feel about things. But it is fun that whenever we can put a video out and I and I see it in the comments, especially when we all three get together, is dude, I had fun watching y'all. Yep. And that just makes my day. Like when we can have someone else kind of take a step back from everything that's going on in the world yep. and just enjoy I wish they could see that little bit of time. Stuff. I wish they could see some of the stuff me and Alex talks about <laughs> goes on about in real life. Listen, pretty funny. listen, I've said this before and I'll say it again. If mine and Ben and Bailey's group chat got out and mine and Josh's conversations on the water got out into the world, we'd all be canceled. We'd all be done. We'd, they'd put us under the jail. Like, that's just it. That's just it. But no, John, you're right, dude. It's, it's this... Um, when you own your own business, when you do your own thing, when you are your own boss, um, it, it, so like, so I was in the like the normal world. So I taught, and I was a teacher, elementary school teacher. In that process, there's a redundancy to the process where like, if some shit kind of hit the fan, yeah, I'm not really going to be affected, right? Like, I'm not the boss. Like, I kind of kind of do my own thing, and I'll still get my salary, and it'll all be okay. Because like COVID. Like COVID hit, like I still got my money and I was good. Whereas when you're your own boss, like you're like, man, if some stuff went sideways, like what's going to happen? You know what I mean? Like, like, and you just constantly, you're, you're just a critic of yourself. I mean, cause you're constantly thinking, am I doing enough? Am I good enough? Have I saved enough? Have I been conservative enough? Have I been liberal enough? Have I been, you know, forward thinking enough? Have I thought into the past enough? Like it's just all, it's everything. It's like, you think, well, I'm saving too much money. Maybe I need to spend some or like, you know, or I need to work harder. Or maybe I need to work a little bit less. Like maybe I'm burning myself out. Like it's that constant battle. <laughs> and and people just don't, they don't see that. And that's cool, man. I mean, like that's kind of YouTube in itself. It's like YouTube can either be a tool to share that. And I'm going to share a little bit more of that process with my folks and, you know, with everybody else. But like, it's also a place for people to come and be entertained. And like they come to unplug from the world and so if i can help somebody unplug from the world and then also give them something just to support their mental health and support their own processes i think that i think we're doing a good thing and i think we're all doing a good thing i mean john i know you're doing a good thing you're spreading the word through the ends of your videos in a way that's impacting millions of people every single year that might get to know jesus that wouldn't know jesus i need to do more of that to just be a steward of what god's given me with my channel i mean it's just we're building a cool thing here and I'm glad that we get to do it together because it, it's, we got, we got some cool little group of folks here. And so we're going to, we're going to keep on keeping on, but listen, we got some stuff to give away. You guys want to give some stuff away? It's one of my favorite parts. It. I love giving away free stuff. It's one of my favorite parts. All right. So, um, I'm going to pull Bethany into the chat, but there's going to be no video because, because my poor friend, she does not feel well. And so, um, what we've got three bait pack or three things to give away. Um, and Bethany, how many, how many, uh, thing or what was our total donations at the end of everything? Hang on. I'm checking it. Okay. Poor thing. She's, she's got the clampus y'all. I mean, she's got, this is, this is pure dedication that I'm sitting here doing this right now. Yeah. Cause this it's 10 22 at night and she needs to take a big <laughs> dose of NyQuil and go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on. Let me make sure I got it. Okay. So 1,157. Okay, so 1,157. First of all, it's 1,100 bucks. Thank you guys so much. That's amazing. So, Josh, I'm going to let you pick the first one. I need a number between 1 
Hang on, I'm not ready. Oh, okay, never mind. Bethany's not ready. We got to say we got to we got to buy some time. Okay. Um, I haven't randomized it yet. Just so, if a woodchuck could chuck wood, how much could a woodchuck chuck? A shit ton. A lot. Bethany said a shit ton. Is that a cubic shit ton or a normal shit ton? A whole bunch. A whole bunch. A whole dang gone bunch of wood, son. Oh, that's funny. A whole damn lot of it. Someone asked up in the comments how. What's the weirdest? Oh, go ahead. What's the weirdest? What's the speaking of uh, animal? What's the weirdest animal y'all, we uh, or one of y'all saw while floating a river this year or something? I saw a bobcat. Alex, I you had a cow in your way on one of them. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah, those cows—they were making me nervous too. Because I got to thinking, man, like if that cow turned on me, there'd be nothing I could do about it. They just beat the hell out of me. <laughs> Death, local man killed by cow floating down river. Um, so you saw a bobcat, Josh? I saw a bobcat over on the river. Yeah, just huh. he didn't even know I was there. Stealth mode, man. That camo uh, PA just cruising. That's funny. The, the I watched is, him. He just I'm cruising trying to down think the bank. what a weird. I've I've seen several bears. The bear was weird because they're so loud. Like, like I was fishing and it's just like, and they're like they're just, and you're just like, God, that's a loud animal. I mean, here it just comes fumbling through the woods, like you know, they're like it's like a big old dog. Yeah, it's like it's like it's a big old dog. Like it's just like this cute fluffy thing, and here he comes just fumbly dumbling. Like I was on Parksville, and me and my dad were fishing. And this black bear literally is like walking and just like tumbles and rolls like three feet and just stands up and just like shakes off and just keeps on walking. It's like the most clumsy, just fumbly little animal. Like it was so funny. But no, yeah, that's probably the, I don't know, a weird animal though. Patrick, y'all know Patrick that did the Chihuahua tournament. So we were down on three rivers. We did our little, it was a 10 cat tournament. He watched a buck fall off a bluff. Really? And break its leg. Yeah, he watched it, it broke its leg. Oh, yeah. He got it on video. He was recording the deer up on the bluff and it fell off the bluff, hit the bluff down below it on the rocks, floated in the water, swam. When it got out on the bank, it's, I mean, its leg was just, yeah, that, that, I couldn't imagine that. Huh. Yeah, he watched it fall off a 40, 50 foot bluff and hit the ground and get up and swim and get up and walk up the bank limp, I guess. Dang, on. Hey, y'all, yeah, I, saw I, I watched a squirrel. Yeah, you ever seen a squirrel, I a squirrel swim? swimming across the lake? Their little tails are hilarious. Their tails don't sink. It's, it's, I was like, what is that? Yep. Yep. <laughs> I was, oh, I'll it's tell so you, weird. the craziest thing I've ever seen swimming, though, I saw a coyote swimming one time. I was running down the lake and I'm like, what is that? Because it's similar to the squirrel where its tail sticks up in the air and i'm like fluffy and yeah yeah i'm like what is that and i get up on it and it's a coyote but dude the squirrel's the funniest thing because their little tails like stick up and they like shiver when they see it i had a little duck i had a little baby little duckling a little yellow duck swim up to me and i scooped it out of the water with my hand and it like sat in my lap huh that's weird too little bitty little baby duck there was no other ones around so i'm assuming it's mom and they you know left out of yeah i actually Stuck my hand down in the water and like scooped it up with my hand and set it on my lap. That's so interesting. That's so no. You took a fish's food. Wow. Yeah. A fish is going to eat that. Now it can. The musky going to have dinner now. You know, I actually posted that video as a reel, and I was like, "Well, I guess duck lures probably work." That's yeah. Though they do. I've seen. I saw a striper eat a coot on Gunnersville one time. Wow. No joke. We're on Gunnersville Lake. Me and Dad. And there's power towers on Gunnersville Lake. You guys have been to Gunnersville, know what I'm talking about. John, you've probably seen them. Big, big power towers out in the center. Yeah. We're sitting on that power tower throwing a frog. And uh, these coots are swimming around and just poof, 
There's four coots, mm. and there was three. <laughs> like, <laughs> as a, I mean, it was, and like you just saw the strippers cruise by, and I mean, a, a striper yeah. just ate that coot right off the top of the water. That's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. I here's I saw- you want to know a fear I have of fishing. This is one of my biggest fears. I'm going to find a dead body. Ooh, I'm convinced. I thought about that too. I'm convinced we will find a dead body, but one of us I will find a dead that. body before it's all said and done. Mm. Yeah. Who's going to public? No, I ain't going to say that. <laughs> I think about that too much. <laughs> I do. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, I've thought about that because I fished, yeah. like, I fished down to town, not a ho ho bunch. I don't like James White, Tennessee River, yeah. but man, that's. That's a pretty sketchy area. You got First Creek and Third Creek. I know you fished it quite a bit too, Alex. Yeah. I mean, all it takes is, is like a homeless that's dude. That's where you would find them. Yeah. I mean, all it do it takes is like a homeless dude, like overdosing or a druggie overdosing and getting in the water. And they just... found a guy in Third Creek this year up there in yeah. the creek. They found yeah. a guy in the creek. So imagine, yeah. I mean, oh, I don't, yeah, that's something I don't. So the that creek that we fished us. this year where I caught the fish on the buzzbait standing there, they found a dead body there like three years ago. Stuck on a log jam, just like stuck oh, in a log God. jam. Like, dude, it's, oh, that's a fear of mine. Like, I, I, like every time I roll up on something dead, I'm like, oh, this is it. This is the moment. Like, I find, I'm gonna find a human. And just like I've thing, seen, I've seen cows, deer. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen a little bit of everything. I, there's a dead. I think deer. on the rivers, those cows and stuff. Like you, because you're always seeing those big pastures and fields with cows. They end up falling, and you see them down in that muddy water. Yeah. They get down there, and they fall in, and they just can't get out. I've yeah. seen that quite a. I've seen a handful of those over the over the last few years. I did that find happens quite often. I I don't I don't stunt. I don't stunt. That's a nice name. I like that. Gang gang. Um, gang, I don't gang. I, I don't stunt over here. He said I did find a stolen purse, and I actually know where the lady lives now. Like I drive by her house all the time. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Somebody stole her purse and just I guess dumped it in a creek, but I found a purse that. Dude, Everything in it except for cash. Oh yeah, I found a purse uh, like a couple of years ago, uh, and it was like it was from like the '60s. It was crazy. Really? Uh, I like I turned it in, and and then I never heard anything back. But it it was it was it was old. It was everything was in it. But it was, I was like, is there a body around here too? But it was it was weird. It washed up. I guess it'd been in the creek for a long time. Huh. Had like an old twenty dollar bill that was like like super old in it. Oh, huh. that's but awesome. That is cool. It was it was wild. First time I ever floated the host, and I've I've got the the I've got a license plate that's up in the uh, cabin. Pretty, it's either fifty four or sixty four, but I found a license plate. I was floating down through there. First time I ever been over on the river, my river, and uh, looked down and grabbed it, pulled it out. It's just an old license plate, like nineteen. I think it's nineteen fifty four. Huh. See, that's old. My dad, my dad, right before he got diagnosed with cancer, he got into metal detecting, and I need to break his metal detector out and like take it on some of these river floats we go on. And this when we stop, like metal detect, because I bet we could find. Oh yeah, I mean like Civil War, you know, like mini balls. We could probably find. I mean, there's no telling. Like you know, that's I need to do that because that's cool to me. And like I tell you, I was floating a creek. It's been a few months back now it's still hot outside i'm going down this creek and there's literally an entire truck like an old truck like a like a 50s truck in the middle of the creek and there ain't a house for miles i'm like how in the world did that truck end up in i've got the video i have to send it to you guys but i mean it's a whole entire truck just in the middle of the creek and you think to yourself like how did that truck what is the story that got that truck to the middle of that that yeah. creek? 
Ain't no telling. Ain't no telling. And magnet fishing, <laughs> yes, I need to go magnet fishing because um, I used a magnet to actually get my AirPods back when I dropped my AirPods and my keys in the water <laughs> this year. And so, you know, I need to go magnet fishing too. I think that would be oh, – we need to do some more stuff like that. There's more like – Indian you know, heads. Oh, dude. I, I want to find Indian heads. I still haven't found a single Indian head on – and the lakes we fish around here, people find them all the time. Yep. Yep. I love that stuff, dude. I love me too. You want to talk about John, kind of what you were talking about earlier is like this like fascination. That's like the next level of fascination. It's like another branch of the fascination for me. Like I love the science side, but then history really gets me. Like, dude, to yeah. find a napped arrowhead and that to is think to me. about so I'll give you guys a fascinating, useless piece of information, but it's fascinating. I was I was listening to the Mediator podcast the, a few weeks, a few months ago actually, and they were they had on um, these experts in Indian artifacts, you know, napping arrowheads, cutting tools, like all that kind of stuff. And they said that they have found Indian sites where the Indians had collected arrowheads that were tens of thousands of years older than the ones that they were using. And so the Indians would collect arrowheads like we collect arrowheads today. And so like they couldn't figure they couldn't figure this out. Like they're like why is there this concentration of like these arrowheads that are 10,000 years older than the ones that these Indians would be using and then they started to realize that they were themselves looking, collecting and finding them and keeping them as souvenirs and keeping them as collectibles as though we collect them and keep them as collectibles today. Like, it's crazy. When I was a kid, like, going back to, like, the property or the pond where I kind of started fishing and stuff, we would, my grandparents would take us up there every weekend. Yeah. I mean, from two or three years old until I, you know, probably 14 or 15. Yeah. We would go up into Walla and we'd go up to the sinks and to the Y and we'd swim. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember back when they were first finding some of those, like, burial grounds and stuff i remember asking my granddad like what is what are these big tents set up these big white canopies set up and what it was is they were there was people in there they were finding those graveyards and where these indians were burial living sites. there, and, yeah and those big like they're cornfields now yeah giant cornfields but like those indians lived in i just remember being fascinated by that all the way up until now like yeah. you know like so that's one thing i want to do is like if we ever float a river like where we know it has history of those types of things, like yep. we should spend, you know, just take 30 minutes or an hour out of our time and like look around because there's no telling. That. Imagine the things that we have went past and stepped over that could yeah. have been laying there. Yeah, that literally could have killed a mammoth. Like, yeah. that's the fascinating part right there. It's like you find something and you think this is either 200 years old, 2000 years old. Or 20,000 years old. Like, there's no yeah. telling, like, that when you pick that thing up, like, it's really cool. All right, so Bethany's ready to rock and roll now. So, what's our number again, honey? We got to 1,157, you said? Yep. All right, Josh, I need a number between 1 and 1,157. Ooh, boy. Let's do 777. 777. It's a good number. 777. Digs Outdoors. Digs Outdoors. Congratulations, buddy. You're now the uh, the proud owner of a brand new X2 Power 150 PSI lithium-powered air compressor. I'll make sure and get your information over to um, 
who it needs to go to and make sure you email me. Oh yeah. So email me alexrefishing at gmail.com. I need name, address, social security number and blood type. And we will get your prize. No, I just need your full name and address and we will get your prize over to you, please, sir. All right, John, I need a number between one and 1157. 123. One, two, three. One, two, three. Let me find it. Chris Collins. Chris Collins. There you go, buddy. That's awesome. <laughs> so Mr. Collins is the uh, teacher up at Cloudland Elementary that helped to raise the $2,700. Oh. So that's pretty cool. That's awesome, nice. awesome, awesome. So Chris, I will make sure and get you a uh, brand new X2 Power Lithium Jump Starter Pack. This thing is awesome. I'll make sure and get it in the mail to you, along with some bracelets that I owe your kids from the Pump Foundation. All right, I'm going to pick the last number. And, uh, you know, SpongeBob and Patrick once said, you know what's better than 24? 25. 25. So for 25, <laughs> you're going to get the uh, Sacco Lures from John. Go ahead. What's number 25? Jason Ryan. Jason Ryan. Awesome, buddy. There you go. So Jason got it. Congratulations to Jason. Again, email me, Alex Refishing. Actually, Jason, just text me. Um, Jason, text me, and I'll get John you your address, and then, John, I'll just have you ship that out. That sound good, bud? Yep. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, aliens of all types from every planet that you conceivably could come from, um, I appreciate you folks more than I think that you know. We were able to raise well over 13 probably almost fourteen thousand dollars this year for the pump foundation which means a lot to me and next year we're going to do even more john we're going to execute on that plan i was talking about with you so we're going to have an opportunity for you guys to uh come see me and john and potentially josh and a bunch of other people um maybe do like a little seminar maybe do a little bit of food maybe do a little bit of prizes i mean we just have to see more details will be coming soon. Be a great way to support the Punt Foundation in that way. And uh, I just have to say, I will uh, never ask from anybody for anything unless I'm giving back to you guys as well. And so I appreciate that you guys trust me with your hard-earned money to go help people who need it and you trust that I'm doing the right thing with it. And if you ever need any proof of where it's going or what's happening with it, you just let me know and I can send you all of those details because I want to be as transparent as possible. John, Josh, two of the ugliest people that I know. Thank you guys for being on my podcast. I appreciate you guys. You're out there with us, Alex. I know. Dude, listen. (laughs) I only say that because I know I'm the ugliest of the three. Um, I think that's why we get along so well. Yes, we're just so unpretty, all of us. Uh, Who are we kidding? We've got to beat the women women off with boat paddles. we got to get John set up with a hot woman, though. i got a feeling. Here's the deal. John John don't got a girlfriend. He's never been married. But i got a feeling John is going to get him a knockdown, drag out, 11. Like she is going to like she, the day that John introduces us to his girlfriend, we're both going to look at each other and be like, how the hell did he pull that? That's probably what's going to happen. Knowing John, John's going to walk away. We're both going to be like, like, that should have been my goal for 2024. I'll change my goal (laughs) of 2024. Smoking hot. I mean, smoking hot (laughs) blonde, like, you know, one swing off of Kate Upton, like this good looking. All right. Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you for listening, for watching everything that you guys do. And as always, you guys are sweet, and we will see you next week. Bye, buddy. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hope you find your dad.